Welcome to Market Week in Review for the week ending July 10th, 2020. I'm Brian Yadow, and I'm joined today by Russell Investments Quantitative Investment Strategist, Abraham Robeson. Abraham, how are you today? Good, good. Well, great. Uh, let's dive right into it. Uh, we're a little light on economic data releases this week, but markets continue to digest uh, a lot of the policy developments that have, have developed around the COVID pandemic and that's certainly central to the economic story today. Let's take today's session to uh, cover some of the key developments this past week. So what are some of the highlights on that front? Sure. So this week was, uh, like you said, quieter compared to previous weeks uh, as far as data goes. But on the policy front, um, there's been a lot more activity. Uh, there has been further accommodation of like the UK providing an additional 1% of GDP uh, worth of stimulus. Uh, we're seeing a mix of additional lockdowns, such as Australia doing a partial six-week lockdown. Um, it's a lot of the economic fits and starts uh, that we were sort of expecting as governments try to deal with uh, virus outbreaks. So given that, it might be a good idea to uh, take a step back and think about what could go right and what could go wrong uh, going forward. So uh, one usual uh, topic is uh, inflation risk. So with so much stimulus uh, around in the economy, some investors are worrying about inflation. However, similar to 2008, we, uh, we aren't seeing much of it. In our view, the earliest this could really be a problem is 2022. Uh, there's still an output gap, uh, which is disinflationary in the short term. Um, another big one is U.S. Uh, election risk. So just uncertainty around uh, around various either campaign strategies or um, or policies that might be implemented. So in the run-up to the U.S. election, we see a lot, we could see a lot more trade tensions and re-escalation if the president decides to take that route in, on the campaign trail. If we have a change of government uh, and we see a democratic clean sweep, the two areas of focus for markets will be um, you know, would Biden follow through with unwinding some of uh, Trump's tax cuts? And two, to what extent would new regulations uh, be put in place, particularly around the technology sector, since that sector has done so well? Um, uh, we'll be entering cold and flu season. That's another worry. So in the Northern Hemisphere, it, it, it will be winter soon. And there's a worry of an even larger second wave uh, virus outbreak. However, uh, there are many comments that this virus hasn't behaved like the normal cold and flu. Certain regions, such as India and Africa, have had less problems with it, whereas uh, Latin America is having a, a much bigger problem. Um, but we'll have to wait and see and kind of hope for the best on, on that one. Now, you mentioned earlier about scenarios that in which things could go right. Could you cover some of those potential scenarios? Yeah, so there are, there are things that can go right. Too. Um, uh, a big one would be you know a vaccine. That's a huge huge thing that could go right. Pfizer announced some encouraging results last Friday. Um, it would take some time for a vaccine to be manufactured and distributed, but markets would consume that news very quickly and react. And definitely that would be an upside surprise if there was um, a very solid uh, information about a vaccine. Uh, another upside could be that if countries just in general get more of a handle on the virus, so that's more hard work and, and, sl and slow progress, but it could happen. So for example, China's stock market uh, rallied this week. A Chinese newspaper was out encouraging uh, people to buy stocks. The Chinese government has actually dealt with the virus quite well. Um, and their output measured by GDP is close to pre-COVID levels and are almost uh, fully recovered. And by contrast, the U.S. had recovered about halfway. Um, durable goods orders are very strong. So that's a, a big positive. However, services are you know very poor. 
Um, there are encouraging signs. So the ISM non-manufacturing index uh, is coming in way above expectations. Uh, and this isn't as predictive as the manufacturing index, but it's good news and a good current read. Um, the jolts or the, the job openings and labor turnover survey uh, uh, came in better than expected and jobless claims were also down and have been trending down, which is very good. Um, if the U.S. Uh, gets a better handle on things and the virus um, is a little more under control, we could see that gap close and markets could rally. So taking all of these developments and some of these potential scenarios into consideration, uh, how does it all impact the, your, your overall global economic outlook? Yeah, so if we, if we want to look at our core pillars of investing, so cycle value sentiment, uh, and the, on the sentiment side, signals are mixed on sentiment. There's pockets of optimism, pockets of pessimism. Individual investors are somewhat bearish, um, while you're getting uh, individual investors to be uh, quite a bit bullish in some instances. So mixed and kind of a, a wash as far as sentiment goes. Uh, cycle is is a positive for equity markets since there's we're in the recovery phase. It's low inflation, heavy stimulus. Um of value. So valuation is a headwind uh, to our outlook. Uh, discount rates have fallen a lot. Um, equities outside the US are not that expensive. Uh, valuations uh, are just not as compelling as we saw in, uh, in March. Um, altogether, uh, we'd recommend just sort of staying the course and sticking close to strategic positions. Great. Thanks, Abe. We appreciate the, the update. That's all the time we have for today. But as always, we thank you for your insights. Yep. Thank you. Thanks, Brian. And to our listeners and viewers out there, thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time on Market Week in Review.